0: Hey guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Bye Pumpkin. Um, This is Princess's ghost because um, a child threw up on Princess this past week, and she died. That's right. Um, He said, oh, my stomach hurts. And I said, okay, come. I want you to sit down. And before he could even sit, he threw up on me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just hope that, you know, um, you like what Spirit Princess brings to the podcast and you enjoy her as much as the princess that used to be alive because that bitch died. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's been apologizing to me since, but still, I don't think we can come back from that. <laughs> um, so guys, this week, you only a uh, bonus on the Patreon, which is at patreon.com backslash Pumpkin. I had Sonia Marie from Sonia Marie Says on Twitter. Um, I had her on to talk about celebrity rehab. We had a really good time. We talked about mm, a lot of things, most of them not celebrity rehab, <laughs> but we still had a really good time. She's funny. I, I really enjoy her. Um, I was also on Kara's podcast, Everybody's Business But Mine, talking about Mary at first sight. And you know, anytime I get together with Kara, it's always a fun time. So. Um, make sure you check those things out. In terms of like me, besides dying from being covered in vomit, I, I've just been still on my, well, maybe you guys don't know this because I was talking about it a little bit on Twitter. I'm on my Real Housewives of New Jersey uh, journey. I, season three, and that really started because Liz did a, a, a Patreon bonus episode on the, the first episode, which is the christening episode, the brawl at the christening excellent excellent content Russ Martin's on it Russ is great I cannot I can't take the way he says being Ben I say Ben and he says being or something I don't know he's got a great accent he's Canadian okay he's got a great accent he says a couple of small things like really like just deliciously and he's got great ideas. He's got all the right opinions and he knows a lot about Housewives. So it's so fun listening to him talk about that. So I listened to Liz and Russ talk about um, Real Housewives of New Jersey. And I was like, I, I gotta go watch this. Cause I, you listen, with housewife stuff, Atlanta's, Atlanta's my home, okay? Southern black women. NeNe Leakes reminds me a lot of the women in my family. Those are my people right there. But New Jersey has a very special place in my heart because when New Jersey premiered, I had just moved in, like I'd been recently married and I just moved in um, with relatives in Long Island, right? And I had a very like Jacqueline experience, like that this huge family, who I didn't know a lot about, who were like, I don't know, seemed to want to be married to each other. Like the way uh, Chris Lorita, and um, Caroline act around each other, like you just, it, it just, it wasn't my experience in life. And I was just like, oh, this is y'all just, y'all this close to each other. <laughs> and, and so that's how New Jersey started for me. And I, I hung on to it because the best thing about New Jersey is its family, right? The integration of the family members into it. thats It's so fucking good. Um, and season three is where, where it starts to get amazingly good. Um, yeah, I just, I love how everybody on the show lives in a cheesecake factory. Like, you just, we're just going to have these big ass doors for no reason. They There's a scene where Joe Gorga and Melissa go jogging of some sort and and Teresa and Jacqueline are like they're coming to leave a note because Joey and Teresa are not speaking and they ride this up this long ass driveway and get out to some door Honestly, who would go through this door every day just to go outside they have to go out through a side door there has to be like like if that was my front door, I would have never gotten that note. This raw iron that's like fucking twelve feet tall and double. Like, how are you supposed to? I mean, obviously production told it was there, but I'm. I love Jersey. I really do. Um, it's just it's built in a way that no other housewife city is built. Um, so it's so interesting. Um, I, so season three, like there are lots of things I'd forgotten. Like Dolores is in every single fucking episode as Caroline's friend. I'd forgotten. Oh, I forgotten how cute Antonia is. She's like five years old, five-ish because Melania is four and they're about the same age. And we go to a dance recital in which Antonia, is dance partner, is a 22-year-old black man. Now, wait, he doesn't have to be 22. He can also be 42. I can't tell how old black people are either, okay? It's difficult. But I'm assuming he's like 22 years old. That is her dance partner. They are dancing together. Uh, I was like, what? Why is she dancing with this man? And she's wearing... Um, pink underwear and the reason I know that is they've got her in this dress that keeps going up above her hips and she's wearing like lace see-through tights and this bright pink underwear keeps coming, like her dress is like up to her chest quite a bit during this and I was just like what is this? Why don't I remember this? I also, something happened um, in maybe the first episode of the season because that's where we meet Melissa Gorga Um, and they, she's giving Antonia and Joey a bath and little Gino's a baby. And so, um, for the cameras, I don't know why I don't, is it to prove that she like mothers? I mean, Joe Gorga is sitting there in a baby blue sweatsuit, like the top and the bottom of the sweatsuit. The baby Gino is also wearing a baby blue sweatsuit. Um, and he's just sitting there watching her give this bath to these kids and there's some blurs and everything. But I was just like, I was just like, listen guys, um, I know you're new to reality TV at this point, but the thing is this, is that it's not just Melissa, Joe and the kids in that room. There is a cameraman. It might be two. There's a producer in there. There might be a sound person too, to be honest, but okay. And Or maybe not, maybe, you know, maybe the mics are fine. But, uh, so there's at least, there's probably two to three other people in there while your children are naked. And then now they're on TV. Sure, there's some blurring, but a lot of times when they sell this shit overseas, they don't, they don't leave the, they don't leave the blurs in. I just feel like this is like, we're new to reality TV and this should have never been a fucking scene. And I was appalled. I just appalled by a lot of shit with Antonia in the first season. (laughs) In the first few episodes, I forgot that they tried to get Alexa, Joel, Ray, Alexa, Ray, Joel, and i together. Like they really want to make that happen. I forgot. I forgot that Caroline looks so much like a fucking rooster. She, just, she looks like, I love Caroline, by the way. Caroline, the reason I've, I've talked about this numerous times, the reason I liked watching the Manzos is because they seem to be having fun. And again, Reality TV has become this point where it's just people going to dinners to further storylines, to tell somebody about the other thing that they told this other person. So now everybody knows. And then later on, we get to the party. We can have a fight. Um, uh, people doing commercials for their products. Like, let me take you to the restaurant we're going to open. Let me show you these new, these new dresses I'm going to have on the market. People doing that sort of stuff. And very rarely, I mean, even though some of the shit there, I'd be like, Caroline, tell your kids to sit down. But even though some of the stuff they do, I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. They seem to be enjoying themselves and just having fun and just bouncing off each other. I love Caroline's husband, even though apparently he was having some affair with some woman that lived in the Brownstone. I don't care about that though. If he and Caroline like it, I love it. But I liked him a lot because I liked that he showed up places and was the voice of reason. And he reacted the way all of us would react. Caroline, for the most part, too, reacted the way all of us would react. In fact, I am a bit of a Caroline. I've got big mom energy. I have bad kids. <laughs> I say things like, uh, "My family's as thick as thieves." <laughs> I think that's like a unacceptable thing to say to somebody. And like, I got big opinions that I should keep to myself a lot of times. A lot, like in this uh, season, Kathy Wakili is sitting down with. Caroline, that she's some mob boss and she's gonna kiss the ring. I'm like, who the fuck is Caroline? Caroline's what, 10 years older than Teresa? 10 years older than anybody else on this fucking show? Who the fuck is Caroline? She's still on this season because because we, the audience, still liked her in this season. Let's not forget that uh, Caroline's sister, Dina, and she had a falling out. And Dina later had a home invasion. A fucking home invasion, in which she and her husband were beaten, I believe, and it was ordered by Caroline's brother-in-law, who you, who is Dina's ex-husband, and Caroline is writing letters of like, um, what do they call it? What do they call it? The letter, the character letters for this man after he's beat, girl. So Caroline, listen, Caroline's got her shit. But I remember a time, season three, where I'd be watching this show and I really enjoyed her. You know what else I remember? I remember Jay Moore used to to blog for BravoTV.com about Jersey. I don't know why he started doing it. I don't know how he's related to Jersey. I don't (laughs) But he would, and he would like, really go at ashley and we all hated ashley right she was so spoiled she was always crying she wasn't pretty enough for her to be just annoying right because if she was a smidge more beautiful i mean she's not ugly she's a good looking girl but you wonder what i'm saying you understand what i'm saying about this pretty privilege if she was a beautiful girl we certainly would have let her get away with more of what she was getting away with i'll like fully acknowledge that part of the reason that I. I let Portia get away. Well, I don't let Portia get away with anything, but I just be like, all right, well, I guess she's gonna do that shit. But it's because she's cute and she's easy to look at. And the same with Lauren Manzo. Lauren Manzo was such a Debbie Downer, but you know what? If she wasn't fat and if she, were, she didn't have the exact same face as Chris Manzo, then we would have let her get away with a lot of things, okay? Um, what else? Anyway, I'm just enjoying the journey. I, I feel like these, it feels like home and I've not watched Jersey in a really long time. Um, Oh guys, I forgot Teresa and Joe used to fuck (laughs) like they be getting it in, like his hands are all over her. They're like kissing constantly, dude. I did not remember (laughs) that they're doing it in this season. Like there's a point where they all go out to, I think it's Juicy Joe's um, uh, family cabin somewhere. So it's Caroline, her kids. That's another thing. They do so many family, like they do so many like outings and groups and they always invite Caroline's grown ass kids. Why would Albie, Chris and Lauren want to hang out with people their parents age or you know their parents are a little older so people that are their parents peers at least why would they don't they have don't they have uh grown adult shit to do that is not this girl I don't know it just felt it always felt I'm like why are they there but so they're all there they're all you know they're shooting tons of guns and um you know Joe and Teresa are making love in the bed that they first ever had sex in and well, and we got to see it. <laughs> and um, it's late and Chris and Jacqueline get on the, um, get on, what are those things called? Four wheelers, I guess. They, I, my understanding is four wheelers are very dangerous. At least that was my understanding as I was growing up that they flip, they roll, like you can fucking die on one of those bitches. But uh, Chris and Jacqueline, Joe and Teresa all get on them. The men, they look drunk. They're so red in the fucking face. They're like driving. The girls are on the backs of them holding their arms and stuff. And they're like, watch out for bears. And I was like, they're getting so hyped because they're about to go in this room and rip each other apart. At one point, Jacqueline gets on the front and straddles Chris, and he's driving through the fucking dark on this four wheeler. I'm like, you, you have three children at home. What's a baby? <laughs> Get off of there. <laughs> that two of you can't be doing two dumb things at once. The you can't be doing the same dumb thing together. You you have to separate. <laughs> you have very small children at home. The fuck, are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, I. I I enjoy it. And I was sitting there watching it and I was like, you know, one of my, one of the things that bothers me the most um, is that I live so far from my family. I live so far from my husband's family too. And if, like, Jersey always has the holidays in it and all that stuff and there's tons of Christmas and Thanksgiving events because they're emphasizing this season that uh, Melissa and Joey and Joe and Teresa, you know, everybody's apart from each other. And... Um, you know, who goes to whose house for Thanksgiving and looking at them, setting up all these, uh, card tables, people can sit at them and Turkey and, and Joe and Teresa go by, uh, they always get a live Turkey, which they have to kill. And then they get a butterball. Why? Why? (laughs) Just get two butterballs. It'll be fine. (laughs) But like, uh, I, I like, I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, my kids are never going to have this, right? that where you drive for an hour and then sit at someone's house for like six hours during Thanksgiving and you eat and then you run around and then you get sick of your fucking cousin because y'all get into a fight <laughs> and then two of your uncles wrestle on the front lawn once they get drunk enough. Like, that those are holidays for me. And I didn't like them as a kid, to be honest. I hated when my mother would like take me to someone else's houses for like six fucking hours. I was like, just bring me a plate back. I do not want to sit in here and have to like, visit with people. I have like a billion cousins, guys. I have so many fucking cousins. But I'm not... I wouldn't say I was close with them. I've always... You know, my parents were... My mom was in the military. My dad was in the military. We moved around a lot. But I was always near my cousins and stuff for holidays and stuff. But like, I'm not super fucking close to them. And I think it is because I'm the third grandchild and the only girl for the next shit, six, seven years. So... And then we didn't have another girl for another five years. It's all boys, just boy, 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 boy. And I played with them fine, but I was never one of them. And I'd just be like, okay, well, I've enjoyed talking to Jerome, for this, but can we go? Like, I just didn't, it's not how it was with me. And so I wasn't ever like, let's go to my Aunt Faye's house real quick. I, I don't want to go over there. I She's fine, but I don't, but... I don't, I don't want to be there for six hours. And so, but I was thinking, like, my kids will never have that. My kids will never go to my parents' house and there'll be a ton of relatives and then their cousins and my brothers and their wives and ex-wives will all be there and we'll all eat together. Like, we'll never fucking have that. And I started to get like a little sad. I was like, oh, my kids will never know what it's like to like, Wake up on Christmas and you open all your presents. Then you pile up in the car and you go to Grandma's house and she. Then you eat over there and then so and so brought the desserts and the, they'll never have that experience at all because on Thanksgiving here, um, my husband does the heavy lifting on that day. My husband loves to cook, so I'd be like, "Hey, he'd be making all this like elaborate shit. Live your life, buddy. Uh, make sure you clean those dishes up while you're doing it." <laughs> And so we eat, like, around 1-ish. We have our first meal, um, our first Thanksgiving meal. And then, like, 3-ish, I take the kids to a movie. Not last year, but maybe they'll be vaccinated in time for this year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But I take them to a movie. We hang out at the movie, and they always have a good time. My kids love to go to a movie theater. Um, And then we come back, and it is... We come back and we have another meal. Uh, and my, my goal is always for Thanksgiving to be over at that point. Like I don't, whatever's left, throw that shit in the trash. I don't want it. But it's, because Christmas has now started, which I didn't, when I was single or when I was um, married with no kids, I didn't fuck with Christmas. I don't even like Christmas. But you know, I gotta do it for the kids. So Christmas starts on Thanksgiving night. Thanksgiving night, we put up all our decorations and our tree and start do, doing that. And the kids start working on lists and stuff. And that's Thanksgiving. The next day is Black Friday, and usually Bunny's birthday is somewhere in those three three or four days. So, yeah, and off we go. Like, and that works for me, but I was like, oh my God, they're never gonna do this. Because my husband's family is doing all that shit that Melissa and Teresa and Caroline, they're doing, but that's, that's Thanksgiving in my husband's family. I was. Which I don't adore, but I'm sure my kids will like it. I mean, they always like tacky things. So, you know, they always like, let's go do, let's go play with some kids. We don't fucking know. At the playground. I'm like, oh, just, just like, just ignore them and just play on the swing by yourself. <laughs> you no, know, let's make a friend. Ah, oh, fine. Make a friend that we're never going to see again because we're at a fucking- yeah, spend a lot of time getting to know them. So when we drive away, you never see that motherfucker again. Sounds like a good use of time. I don't actually say that. It's not helpful. <laughs> but yeah, my kids would love shit like that. They would be like, oh my God, there's so many people here. Kids are running around. There's so much food. There's so many people kissing me and holding me and stuff. But when I was a kid, all that shit used to overwhelm me. I'd be like, please stop touching me. But anyway, uh, back to Jersey. <laughs> I've been really enjoying the rewatch. I think I'm going to skip... To when Teresa goes to jail. Because that really is it. Because they're in, they're having their legal troubles right now. Um, and I think it's the next season. So what happens in season three, at it's the, it's the reunion, Jacqueline doesn't come. She, you might like remember that she was pregnant. She wasn't pregnant. She just didn't come because they were filming the next season already. And her and Teresa got into a big fight. She was able to do that because she they were already filming around her by, by the end of season three. Caroline and Teresa are on the outs. Teresa feels like Caroline's judgy and is like like constantly getting in her business. Um she's taking Melissa's side, all this stuff, and like Caroline was never her friend. Dina was her friend, and Caroline is a lot older than them, so it really feels like who is this old bitch in my fucking business? I barely know her. And he, you know, there's some Jacqueline shit. So, at the end of this season, when we get to season four, Caroline hates her. Um, excuse me. Caroline, Jacqueline, and Teresa are all on the outs. I think Caroline and Jacqueline are together, but I mean, you know, Jacqueline's a flip flopper. That's just what she is. And season four goes into that. And I think season, I think it's either five or six. We only get one more. We only, I think we only get four. We might get five, and then the next time is after hiatus because Teresa comes out of prison. I really, you know what I want to watch? I want to watch the Teresa comes home special. That's what I want to fucking watch. Um, but yeah, I think I'll get to it. I I forgot how much I miss these Jersey girls. I mean, they're so fun. Like they're just like ridiculous. And so, listen, guys, I don't like to like speculate on people's parentages. DNA is weird. It's complicated. And especially when you're doing it because somebody looks like they might be of different race. It's like gross. And I'm not saying I haven't done it in the past. I have. It was gross when I was doing it too. But the person I really like, the person I am drawn to doing it the most with is Melissa Gorga. Melissa Gorga looks like a third Maori twin. Like swap Tamara out because Tamara is swap her out every year I only say happy birthday to Tia Mowry fuck that other girl that be standing next to her but <laughs> swap Tamara out swap Melissa in and they will not stop in season three they will not stop showing us a picture of Melissa's entire family Melissa's so young in the front she looks like Rhea Perlman <laughs> I'm sure she's got a perm in her hair she if I wanted to do it with anybody, it'd be Melissa fucking Gorga. She needs to take a 23 and meet live on air. <laughs> Read the fucking results on air. Um, but in season three, she looks more, her nose is wider and you know. And one, one thing I like about season three is that it's Melissa the singer, on display, on display, on display. <laughs> I walk around the house going singing that shit all the time each and every day, every day, every day <laughs> But if you recall, Joe Gorga built a singing studio in their basement like she, this whole season she's constantly talking about how she's always wanted to sing so she was a small child she'd get up on the table she's been singing 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 singing. singing, singing. And she tells Teresa, because they've sort of made up, that she wants to do so. And she's you know, she's putting she you know, she's putting together a song and everything. And Teresa's like, What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean you sing? And she's like, Yeah, I sing all the time. Remember Joey would always ask me to sing in the car and stuff, and Teresa would be like No <laughs> And I think it's a little bit of like the question is whether Teresa just is not fucking with Melissa to a certain point. So she does not even know of Teresa, of Melissa's ambitions or whether Melissa's ambitions only started when she realized she could get on reality TV. And I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's my other favorite part about season three is how like there's always a songwriter over the house. There's always these three black guys from New York showing up to, To listen to Melissa sing. The the kids listen all the time. They always zoom in on their faces as Melissa singing. Uh, You know, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, That Saved a Witch Like Me. (laughs) And she's also, she's like, thank you, Jesus. She's doing, she's doing like, it feels like she's doing um, an impression of Kim Zolciak right? You know, you know, Kim Zolciak would be like, ask, believe, receive. I mean, she used to say, thank you, big papa, but you know, she'd be like Jesus all the time. It felt like she was doing an impression of that, but you know, Melissa all through the season is like, thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. It's Jesus' birthday. Yay. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And she doesn't know the words to amazing grace. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, It's whatever. I don't know the words of Amazing Grace either, but I wouldn't claim to. Um, So there you go. Anyway, if you guys get a chance, I would suggest you, it's on Peacock. I would suggest you go back and watch season three of fucking, um, or Housewives of New Jersey. It is, it is peak entertainment. And it's hard watching it because you're like, oh yeah, these shows used to be good. (laughs) You know, I don't know what's going to, I actually I think Sonia told me, cause I talked a little bit about uh, Jersey housewives with her on the bonus episode. Um, this new season, cause Sonia's from Jersey. That's where she lives. She's definitely a Jersey girl. She definitely identifies with like Sopranos and like, she, she's a Jersey girl. And, um, she was telling me Tiki Barber and her husband and his wife are going to be on. I'm just like, Oh my god. We're gonna have to sit through a season. Well, I y'all gonna have to because I'm not gonna watch it. But of Tiki Barber telling us about how everyone hates him because he only dates white women and there's gonna be a lot of big black man jokes made. Cause you know, all Joe Gorga talks about his virility, his sex life. He did he does a talking hand where he goes, My father was a very sexual man. Sexual. And I get it from him. What the fuck do you mean your father was a very sexual man? With who? <laughs> With your mom. So what? So what? You had to like listen to the stories of him doing your mom. Why? Why? Why is it in your business? Just kill me. Kill me if I'm ever comparing my sexual prowess to my dad. <laughs> kill or my mom. Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> but yeah, there's gonna be a lot of big black cock jokes. There's gonna be a lot of uh once you go black you don't go back this is gonna be a lot of that shit, and i'm i'm just saying there used to be a magic and an authenticity even when they were trying to be fake to these shows and it's very hard to replicate you know it's very hard to replicate 10 years later you know because uh everyone knows the format everyone knows what they want to do and you only get lightning in a bottle a few times, to be honest. Like, Jenshaw being arrested on camera is lightning in a bottle. Like, they're lucky to have it. Um, so, otherwise, I. No. Salt Lake City would be fine this year, but. I'm saying that, like. There's only. Like, Teresa going to jail and us going on the journey with her is only something that you can get. Like, in a very short supply. Uh, and then as you try to replicate it, as people get more used to being on the cameras, it's harder and harder to get them, to get what you need from them. And you are f- constantly battling this brand recognition with certain ladies on the shows and also bringing in new blood to do things and to say things that, we, that we're not used to. Um, I don't envy the people at, in production for these things. I really don't. I mean, I know sometimes I act like I'm in production because I'll be like, get this person off. But whatever, they don't fucking hear me. I don't care. (laughs) It's not like I show up at the meetings, but I don't envy them at all because it's such a a balance of what the audience will take and what they won't. I mean, I think New York's in trouble. I really do. And I think they've let Ramona reign for too long. And it's because Ramona shows up to play. And I get that. I understand that. But she's also, I don't know, she's horrific. She's horrible. And she's been horrible for a really long time. She just does it with those like eyes that whirl around her head. So people want to watch it. And it's an old housewives of New York is an older cast. And you have to figure out like how to bring people into that. I mean, there's not a lot of people in their sixties and late fifties that want to show up and drink all the time and shit on themselves. It's just the art. So how do you bring that in? I don't know. Um, Anyway, I'm, I've been talking. Why am I talking about the housewives? I apologize. I will put a timestamp in the notes, <laughs> guys. Let's talk about Mob Wives. Um, this episode is if books could kill. It's Mob Wives season two, episode fourteen. Um, we start off with Ramona and Renee out out at dinner at a diner. Renee is quite happy. She looks better. I don't know how much time passed. I really have no idea, but she looks better. She looks like she's moved on um or she's got a new prescription i don't know y'all i went to the store the other yesterday to go get my son's adhd medicine there's a whole fucking thing going on with my fucking son maybe i'll do princess diaries about it maybe i won't I. but we've been going fucking through it so i went to get his adhd medicine and i thought i'll pay for it out of pocket because he's got a psychiatrist appointment on monday they might change his meds i don't feel like dealing with them being like you just got meds and what are we gonna do now i don't feel like going with that so I was like I'll pay out of pocket and the lady said like, okay um, it's $700 and I go absolutely not no I will not now, I, I had, had my debit card out I immediately put that back in my purse I said you know what run that through insurance it went through and she goes yeah I mean you can go to GoodRx and maybe try. I was like Mm-mm. I said I am very close to writing a, a thank you note to the insurance company for paying for this shit every month cause $700 well he'd just have to have ADHD that's what he'd have to have and we <laughs> We have to let his ass walk on the ceiling because there's not, not for $700 a month. Mm-mm, no boo boo. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure. Does Renee have insurance? I doubt it. Why would Renee have insurance? She'd be paying out of pocket. And I can see her not wanting to do that. And as Liz and I talked about, I think her finances come from Junior and her daddy. So if she just has. If her dad and junior just pay for everything, I'm sure it's just a matter of like, you know, envelopes of cash coming to her house. I don't think she has insurance. So that, you know, when people don't have insurance, they start buying off the street. Why? It's easier that way, right? It's cheaper. If, if my kid needed $700 ADHD medicine every month and I couldn't afford it and somebody was selling a similar thing for, you know, fucking $200, I might do that. I mean if it's speed <laughs> That's not funny, but it is. I'd be like, listen, you've got to do well on your math test. You're not sitting in class, you're gonna get expelled. Listen, uh, here's some speed. <laughs> oh yeah that would go over well with CPS anyway um, so I wonder what's going on with Renee it's it, it could be anything quite frankly it could be that we're cu- we're a few weeks out like we're four to six weeks out maybe they stopped production for a little bit and she's in a different headspace it could be that the sh- the pills she were mixing with alcohol she's out of now right so she's not taking them anymore um, it could be a lot of things, but she looks better. I'm happy about that because we have watched Renee roll around on the floor for many episodes and I'm happy to see her upright and at least smiling. She looks like she's lost weight. She looks happy. I it's I almost didn't recognize her. Um, she says she needs to get back to raising AJ. Okay. Ramona is telling Renee and us that she has had $200,000 worth of jewelry um, taken by the feds when they executed short, a search warrant on her boyfriend's um, apartment or home or whatever. His name is Joe, by the way, which is funny because, like I said, I've been watching Rahasa Wives of New Jersey and everybody's name is Joe. Everybody's name is Joe. So, um, so but $200,000 of uh, jewelry were taken. Uh, she had a duffel bag uh, and she... And, you know, they searched the place. She says she was in between moves. um, And that she, that Joe had told them, like, please be respectful. She's in between moves. Her stuff, she's here for that reason. I find it hilarious that he would even open his mouth to say that. They have no intention of being respectful. These are the feds. They will fuck you in the ass dry. (laughs) I never want to be the subject of a federal investigation. They don't care. They don't care. And, you know... I've read in other, when I've tried to read up about this jewelry, I've read in other places that, like, she was in the process of moving in with him. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is, yeah, this is, uh, this is why we don't live with drug dealers. Because not only, you know, when I grew up in the 90s, like, (laughs) being a drug dealer's girlfriend was, like, an aspirational thing because we were really, we were really, like, I mean, we never really stopped, to be honest, but we were really, like, putting up uh, drug dealers, like neighborhood drug dealers as, you know, those are the people you knew who had really nice cars and who could do whatever they wanted to. And we watched tons of movies about it and everybody watched Scarface. I mean, we don't think about, we don't talk about what happens at the end of those fucking movies, but yeah, that like being a drug dealer's girlfriend was like a cool thing to be. And what they don't tell, what they don't talk about is that if you are a drug dealer's girlfriend you are far more likely to be killed, right? When they come to shoot up that fucking place, when they want to shoot up his car and you're in it. you. I watched an Ayama Fix My Life. That recently went off the air. Rest in peace. But um, they were, de- one episode dealt with a woman who was a drug dealer's girlfriend and and how she had like lorded over her life with her siblings and stuff. And... She was having her baby's birthday party and her sister brought her kids over to the birthday party and the place got shot up and they killed the kids. And like they have been had like incredible trauma obviously from this is happening and it split the family up and everyone's on the edge and stuff. I'm like, but yeah, but that's what happens when you date a drug dealer. Like one, you are subject, you are more likely to be, in a violent thing, you can get shot, people, you can be kidnapped, you all kinds of fucking things. But also, if that doesn't happen, when he goes down, like your shit goes down with him, you could be arrested, you know. It really only takes you, all it takes is you riding along on one trip down south, you know, to drive product and shit. You're in it. Now, now you're a co conspirator. <laughs> Oh, he put the shit. He put the the apartment in your name that they used to. That they used to do all the shit in and sell out of. You in it? And it just really isn't like like Ramona's too old for this. All right, I'm assuming Ramona's in her uh, in her late thirties, maybe even forties. I believe Renee's like in in like in the middle of her forties at this point. And I just feel like Ramona's too old for this. She's got four fucking kids. And I also think about like. Even if she wasn't moving in with him, fine. And she was just staying there in between places. I'm thinking, you got four kids, like, what's he? what kind of apartment does he have? He got, like, a fucking four-bedroom apartment? Even a two-bedroom apartment? What kind of apartment does he fucking have? You and your four kids can live there comfortably while you're in between places. What are they, on, like, pallets on the floor? Like, I don't know. I know that a pallet is a wooden, like, base of something. But I don't know if it's a southern thing or what. But we also call pallets, at least in my family, um, a bed of, of blankets. Like so if you're having a sleepover, somebody might make a pallet for you on the floor. Like you're going, all your cousins are sleeping over. We used to do that all the time. <laughs> them, uh, you know, my aunts would drop off like a gaggle of fucking cousins for like a four-day weekend. And we'd make pallets on the floor with like blankets and pillows, and you sleep on that. But I'm sorry to stop to explain that. <laughs> But I just did not want you to think I was talking about them sleeping on wooden, wooden bases for something. Um, they should put either products or build things on. I wasn't talking about that. Um, but, like, are your kids sleeping on the floor? Like, are you sleeping in this room with your drug dealer boyfriend and your kids are on the couch out, out there? Like, what the fuck? And you got kids that are older. I mean, Ramona's kids, at least one of them's like, what, tw- one them's like 11, One's like 12. I think the oldest is like 12 or 13. And they go down from there. But, like... Dude, uh, like, even if everything was all in a sense, even if I really be- believe Ramona didn't know what was up, like, this is a bad idea. i I'd go stay on the couch at Karen's house before I brought my kids to stay at a drug dealer's house. I just would. You know, I mean, Karen's a drug dealer too, but you understand what I mean? She's not actively dealing drugs right now. <laughs> so I know she's in a one bedroom apartment in Manhattan, but I would stay on her on her living room floor before I would take my kids to live in a drug dealer's house. I just would. So I mean, she's lucky her fucking kids are alive right now. But yeah, um you know, uh, warrants, like when they serve warrants, they don't give a fuck about you. I've always wondered, this is a, I've always wondered who cleans up after a warrant. You know, they be up in there cutting couches and shit and, and be, be, you know, they trying to get big people. They'll come in there and bust in your walls and stuff. They throw out your, all your drawers and, and uh, empty out all the shit in your pantry on the fucking floor, trying to look for shit in box, cereal boxes and shit. And I'm like, who cleans this up? You? Hmm. Mm. 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 <sighs> well, anyway, you know. Um, uh, Ramona says the federal government knows that he didn't buy any of that stuff for her. But I'm like, how do they know that? Cause he told them, he probably also told me don't sell drugs. I, <laughs> they don't know that like everything in there, they take everything. And then you have to like prove that you bought it with funds from some place that with legitimate funds. You need receipts and <sighs> yeah, man, like I like, I understand where Ramona's coming from. I mean, $200,000 worth of jewelry. If I, girl, I don't have $200,000 worth of jewelry, but if I did, boo, I, I would be, if someone got it, I, I would be inconsolable. i have like, $200,000 worth of fucking jewelry. <laughs> but I mean, it's in a sticky place. And Renee tells her she's like the feds are not to be fucked with and they do what they want to do. And you know what? They'll tie you up in court for the stupidest shit for years and years and years and years, which is eventually what they do with Ramona and his fucking jewelry. So Karen's celebrating the birth of Mob Daughter, her book, which I will be reading and doing a bonus episode on, just pulling out like the interesting parts of it. And she got a ton of people coming to her party. She's nervous because people have been trying to get her family to do interviews and shit since the 90s, and most of the time they haven't talked. Now, Sammy the Bull did have a book, and I believe he wrote that book too because... Though he needed the money for like lawyers and all kinds of shit, but um, yeah, she's she's like she feels like she she's going public in a big way. Also, we see Big Ann. She's having some Christmas, some sort of Christmas party at Big Anne's sister's house, and it definitely looks like a Jersey house. It looks like a cheesecake factory. Um, R- Renee shows up, and Big Anne's nephew is walking around the party with no shirt on a bow tie. Looking for kisses or... I don't know. What the fuck he's doing there? But Big Ange is like, I always have hot men at my parties. (laughs) And I was like, but your nephews though, Big Ange? Like, you don't fight? Okay, okay, Big Ange. Drita shows up. She's like admiring the house. She's asking how many rooms there are and shit. She's like... I don't know. I found out to be rude. I, like... She says it looks like a Scarface house. And she's... I, I... I would never go to anyone's house no matter how nice it is and be like, how many rooms does it have? What's the property taxes on this shit? What's your, what's your uh, light like bill like in this bitch? <laughs> Even though I definitely would want to know. This is one of the reasons watching TV with me is annoying. Don't get me started on fucking Home Alone. I, I spend the first 30 minutes of Home Alone being like, look at them, they got two fucking trash cans. How you get two trash cans? Is that something I could get? Is that extra? Spend a hundred dollars on fucking pizza. What's it got gold on it? It's like, <laughs> like the first 30 minutes of Home Alone is just me going, Man, if I had a big, nice house like that, I wouldn't have like an ugly wallpaper in it. Oh, wow, how many kids they have? They probably go to private school, that costs some money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that buzz one looks stupid, but I mean, if you go, if you're gonna, you know, got the money and shit, you keep <laughs> private school isn't about being smart, it's about being private. <laughs> that's what it's like to watch tv with me because i want to know people do y'all live in this great cra- you know what my foster last time i had foster kids uh one of them got me watching the fosters i did not want to watch that fucking show but they used to love watching like orphan annie shit what's that mark warlberg and rose byrne have a movie where they become foster parents and they'd be like let's watch this and i was like why the, you know why you want to watch little orphan annie doesn't that make you think about your situation and shit and they'd be like, "No, let's watch it." <laughs> but they got me watching the Fosters, and I was like, "Listen, not that I'm an ABC Family Freeform like snob. I love that shit. I watch Grownish. I think I'm about to go back and rewatch Switch at Birth. It's the shit's fun to me. It, so, but I was watching it, and I was just like, you 'Y'all live in this beautiful craftsman by in a beach town, and your mama's a cop, and your other mama is a principal at a at a uh, charter school.'" And you want me to believe they ain't selling drugs. The, the, your mom that's a cop is dirty, okay? She gotta be. Because y'all can't afford this. I can't wait for the drug storyline to pop out where it turns out. But again, this is why it's annoying to watch TV with me. That said, in real life, when I go over someone's home, I am not like, I want them, I wait, for, I, the, they'll tell me if they want me to know. But I'm not going to be asking all those questions and stuff. But Rita was just like candidly doing it and you know. Um, Renee sees Drita and yells, hey, Drita, don't ignore me. Come on. And honestly, she sounded like a wild bear, but I didn't think it was malicious. I think that's how, Drita, I think that's how Renee talks. And, um, you know, they go over there and, you know, Renee tells Drita that she's mad at Carla because Carla's out here saying Renee knew all about Junior being a rat. And Drita tells her that it wasn't like that. That's not the way it was said. I mean, she, uh, Renee keeps saying she heard it. She heard it. She definitely heard it. I'm like, are you saying you heard it from Karen? Because Karen was the person we saw on screen, Carla saying that to. Is that who you heard it from? I don't know. Um, So, like, you know, Drita's defending Carla. Like, it wasn't like that. Um, And Renee says, like, it sounded like that, and it sounded like Renee's a part of letting her father die. By the way, Renee's dad at this moment in filming is alive. He's just been arrested. But again, this is the way Renee talks, right? You, you're you saying that I was a part of my father dying, even though he's not dead. Um, you know, both Big Ange and Drita tell Rita, of uh, Rita, tell Renee it's not like that. And so Carla and Rita go to some place called Selena's Dream Closet. To buy, they said pieces. I don't know if this is costume jewelry or um, real gems or whatever, but it looks expensive. I mean, costume jewelry can be expensive. Um, they're about they're to they're, they're there to buy some pieces for um, Carla's niece's sweet sixteen. Judy said she didn't have a sweet sixteen because she was a psycho. I imagine she, the way she talked about it, she out here. Uh, she was out here uh, training Rocky style. And fighting in big bras and bars. So, yeah, she didn't need no fucking sweet 16. No, Nothing sweet about what was going on. And Carla said she had a huge one that might as well be in a wedding with cases, cases of Dom and shit. And she grew up with horses, too. Carla grew up rich, right? Or at least well off. You know, rich is relative to where you are. Like, <laughs> like you'd be surprised what I think is rich, you know? Whereas, you know, we're, we're constantly getting these essays and podcasts about people who grew up incredibly wealthy but didn't think they were rich because um, they only took one lavish vacation a year instead of three. And I, I get it. I get it. There's always someone with more money than you have. But you think that way when you've never been outside of your bubble, you know. But... In terms of Carla, I'd like to know more about her background. Carla had horses growing up. Her dad's, they're throwing a sweet 16s that's, that's the size of a fucking wedding. Like, what? where'd that money come from? Just little, dropping little hints about Carla. Um, Drita tells her that Renee is mad and, like, she's like, she wants to speak with you. And Carla's like, yeah, I'm going to be talking to her and it's very confrontational for a non-confrontational carla carla's pissed i think it is and i would be too uh anytime carla anytime rita has rita anytime renee has some problem with carla everybody else has to hear about it i and they'd already agreed that she was just gonna call her and be like hey i heard you had said this this is how i deal with my everyday stuff i don't have time for people who want to tell everybody why they mad at me and it's okay like don't get me wrong we have we all have our confidence like i speak to my mother every morning and every morning we talk about what we're going to do, who we don't like, why we hate this person, why we don't want to go over here, who was on our nerves and all that shit. And, like, if you're if you're on my nerves, it's probably going to come up during this conversation. It's not the same as me talking shit behind you because you don't know my mom and I'm just bouncing ideas off her. If I talk, you know, as my if I was taking a bath, my husband often sits on the side of the bathtub and we just, like, you know, talk about shit. And... Yeah, if I'm having a problem with you, it's probably going to come up in those type of conversations. But again, you don't know those people. But if I go around to our circle, where we all know everybody, and we all do all these things, and tell every person in our circle about this issue I have with you, and I haven't even spoken to you, listen, I'm a scary bitch then, right? Because that's what scary bitches do. And I keep saying this, but Renee's a fucking scary bitch. And okay, okay. So I just want to make sure, because I know the majority of my audience is not black. Black people, when they say that you are scary, they mean you are scared. So like, meaning mean, you get scared a lot. That's what it means. Not that you scare other people. So if I say you're a scary bitch, that means you scare all the time. All right. I should not be telling people about AAVE, African American Vernacular English. I should not be doing that. But... I just want you to know that like, that is a code switch right there. Like when I'm saying that, I'm comfortable. So I'm using my the language of my childhood, of my family. And so, <laughs> but if I were here and there were a bunch of white people here, I would not be saying scary bitch. Cause I would, one, you wouldn't know what the fuck I was talking about. And two, this is not how I talk in front of white people because it's just not. It's just not. So I just wanna make sure everybody understands what I'm trying to say here. When I say Renee's a scary bitch, she doesn't scare people, she is scared. <laughs> um, so Ramona goes to see her boyfriend's lawyer. Apparently the jewelry was in a bag that also had her children's birth certificates. And it was just like super odd. She said she had things from their father's origin. I'm like, the way y'all talk about this man, what is his nationality? What is his culture? What <laughs> When you say origins, I'm like, do you have like a relic <laughs> from someplace? What are you talking about? But it, it, I understand what she's saying. It's very obvious it was not his. It's very obvious. But because you live with him, and even if you hadn't lived with him, like it's possible they could have gotten a search warrant on your house. Just it really depends on the evidence they have. If it seems like he gave it to you, it, it could be a product of a a crime it could be like bought with criminal with money from a crime proceeds from a crime and that you don't get entitled to keep it so that's how it goes um she needs to be proved Prove she needs to prove that she was gifted these items from someone else but that's hard right when people give you gifts they don't usually give you receipts i mean they give you receipts if you're if you're me i always give everyone a gift receipt i don't want you to have a gift that you don't want to use um i i'm fine with you returning it if i can't get a gift receipt i'll put a real receipt in there I, is that rude yeah but i will like try to like black out the amount because it's the store they can scan it it's fine i'll try to like black out the amount or whatever but i'll give you a receipt so you could take that shit back um that i got that from my mom my mom used to do that she put a receipt in there but she'd like Use a marker. I mean, if you really want to see how much it costs, you could to black out the amount. <laughs> so that it, so at least it was a little feels a little better. And like if my mother gives you a um, a greeting card, she turns it over and she blacks out <laughs> so that's the cost of the card. She's <laughs> rude to tell to like be like, here's something I've bought for you, and here's the exact amount of the cost of it. <laughs> but still, like uh, I like that's not how people usually give gifts. They, especially lovers, right? Like you the, you can imagine most of that jewelry came from her husband and like men she's dated and stuff. Like they don't give you a receipt so you can keep it with it. My husband recently gave me, like i asked, I, I, I have multiple holes in my ears and I just wanted like little diamond, like small, tiny, tiny diamonds to put in them so that it goes with everything. You can just leave them in there for a long time. My husband recently bought me several like tiny pairs of diamonds and I got the receipt from him and I put it and I put the original stuff in there and I put it away but, but again I'm not a normal person and so like I understand why Ramona doesn't have all these fucking receipts and doesn't have all these like proof of this and what are you gonna do your ex-husband who, does it for, who doesn't even speak to his children you gonna call him up and be like hey do you have a receipt for that stuff you gave me you got a receipt yeah okay I mean, it's 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 hard. It's just fucking hard. Um, lawyer told tells her they already moved that stuff to a vault, a Mar- a U.S. Marshals vault in Texas. That's interesting. I ain't never heard no shit like that. We I'm assuming this trial is gonna be in New York. I'm assuming. I mean, they they, they he's asking for photos of it because he wants to. Make sure that he's gotten the evidence photos of it, so he can like keep track of it, because he's gonna try to fight to get it back. But here's the thing: like, I'm sure they they took photos of every bit of it. So, are they gonna use that as a trial? Like, why did y'all send it to fucking Texas? Y'all don't have a secure place to keep um uh high ticket fucking evidence items in the tri-state area. What the fuck? I, I <laughs> I'm not on Ramona's side, guys. I really I really feel like. I feel like there are real no real victims in this one. you you did what you, you knew what you were doing. you knew you knew what you were stepping into, and you you took a risk and you lost. You took a risk and you lost. but that doesn't even sound right. that sounds like a lie someone's told you. um I, I do feel bad for Ramona guys. do feel bad two hundred thousand dollars is a lot of fucking money and i do understand like this is a big blow like one of those items was the saint christopher medal that her that her that was passed down to her from her grandfather again ramona talks about her grandfather like he raised her i just don't think he did i i think this is like one of those things where a family builds up a figure and i'm like you know liz was talking about how like she doesn't have like connections like that with her grandparents. So it's very hard for her to even like understand this. And I might be on that side too. I don't have a lot of, I'm mainly after a grandparent, but I don't have a ton of like connections with grandparents. My grandparents, my grandmother died, both grandmothers died before, and a grandfather died before I was born. And the one that's left is not great. He's fine. I think it's his birthday, he's 85-ish, maybe 86. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, that's my mom. Whatever, she probably called them. But like, so it what it does to me, and I understand that. Like, if you are someone who's like raised by a grandparent, it doesn't feel that way. But what it does, and I, what it does for me is like I know Lefty Guns Rosario was not raising Ramona. I just know that. I know that. And so what it, it it almost makes it feel like inauthentic. It almost feels like a fucking put on. But uh, I I understand that that's because of a weird. Per- perspective i come from i understand there are people listening to this they're like no when your grandfather dies you do talk about it for the next fucking 30 years you definitely talk about it for the next 30 years but i'll say this i definitely understand what it's like to have something passed down to you and and someone take it from you and that i'm like yeah that's that sucks she goes through the stuff like they have a list they gave her the feds gave them a list of things they had taken and um she's like the the, you know, this is the, what these things are worth is wrong. And this, the St. Christopher's medal came from my grandfather. So it's, it's worth a lot more than what they're saying down here. I did look up, um, I did kind of look up, cause I remember hearing about this and reading about this earlier when I was doing the season, Ramona, the last thing I saw about it, Ramona was still fighting for the jewelry in 2019 and it they they're gonna it seems like they kept it they're keeping it it seems like i'll double check and i'll talk to you about next uh episode but it seems like they're gonna because i i feel like we're gonna hear about this a lot more but it seems like they kept it and actually one of them like a cartier uh watch was found to be like for, like you know um uh, it's not a duplicate it's a a knockoff a knockoff and it was destroyed because it's illegal. Knockoffs are illegal. It's not like they could just sell it as a knockoff. Um, they're like auctioning shit off. Like, I don't think Ramona ever got her jewelry back. (sighs) This is why we don't date drug dealers. This is why we don't date drug dealers. So Carla and Renee meet up. And again, Carla's pretty confrontational. I feel like she's over it. And Renee, being the scary bitch that she is, backs right the fuck down. And yeah, I mean, she's like, oh, I guess, you know, now that you're saying and I guess I shouldn't have taken it that way. You know, if you were really her friend and not trying to just like being paranoid and lashing out at people and people are saying that she's paranoid because of the junior shit. She was always paranoid. This is how she always was. She would hear half of a conversation and be like, that person's against me. I can relate. But still, but still, you have to know what the difference is between... My, between your own personal inner demons, the shit that's inside of you that makes you fucked up and other people. Can you guys hear my kid crying? He is crying because he's been bad. So I'm gonna finish the rest of this. I'm gonna finish the rest of this podcast. And if you hear a child crying in the background, just know that I'm a bad parent. I really am guys, I'm not a great parent. A lot of times people are like, I just wanna be a parent like you, a good parent like you guys. I'm not that great, okay? And I'm podcasting while a child is crying in the background. Um, just know you're getting this for free. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. But yeah, Renee's like, I need a, I need a, you know, I need a support system around me. So I just don't have time to fight with anybody. You need a support system around you when you fucking heard this shit. Oh, you know, now that I think about it, you know, that's not what you would say. Yeah, that's not what the fuck I would say. And like I said that day, if they're talking about this scene between Carla and Karen, Carla is talking reckless, okay? But she's not saying that thing. She's, she's going right up to the fucking line. And basically what she said is that Renee knew something was up with Junior. Renee should have never got with Junior anyway. And maybe this is the best thing for Renee because now she will not. She'll leave Junior alone because nobody wanted her to be with Junior. That's what she said. At no point that she said that Renee was out here wearing a wire and knew about Junior wearing a wire and was encouraging her dad. That's not what she said. And if Carla's supposedly your friend, then you give her the benefit of a doubt. You call her, you say, this is what I heard. You know, it was kind of sounding like this, but I want to talk to you. What, what did you actually say? And that's how you do it. You don't wait until you tell everybody how mad you are about her and then make you guys meet up. You know, Renee's like a yappy dog on a fucking porch. They're gonna bark, 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 yap, yap, yap at your ass every time you walk by, but I bet you didn't won't come off that fucking porch. And that is what Renee's like. And I don't see this is so interesting because that's not that's not how I remember Renee. Like if you had asked me before I did this rewatch, is Renee like is Renee a scary bitch? I would have been like, no. No, she's that girl's always trying to fight. But actually, no. It's Drita who and Karen who are who always want to fight And I believe Karen is more of a fighter than Drita is to be honest I just think so but don't worry we'll get plenty of chance to talk about it the rest of the season um what episode is this this is 14 oh we only have a couple more episodes left um Ramona takes the girl's belly dancing because she can't go more than 10 minutes without reminding us that she was living in the Middle East <laughs> it's fine though Big Angie and Karen are bad at it. Big Andrew. Big Angie's breasts are so fucking big. I can't believe she's standing upright. <laughs> and she's got her tongue out. Like she's at some fucking club in Staten Island and she's pumping her hands. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Okay? <laughs> I fucking enjoyed it. But you know, they got to talk <laughs> cuz we're on a reality TV show and Karen says that a person who is a victim she says one of the victims is thinking like there's a, a paper. It looks like the post that, that she had that don't, you know, don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't care. But I thought it was like the post or something, um, that was saying that a victim is thinking, is looking at her options to sue Karen for the proceeds from her book. So her father was sued by the same victim. It's, I believe it's a child of someone he that Sammy murdered. Okay. Um, and I believe the law is called Son of Sam law, and it's basically that you can't profit from an expression of your crime. So, like your book, a movie deal, shit like that, you can't profit from it. So, basically, this victim sued Sammy for the proceeds from his book. This victim didn't win, though, apparently, and the, it was on a technicality that there that there were no complainant victims of Sammy's crimes so Sammy obviously murdered a lot of people it's a fucking sociopath I don't say that lightly I just don't believe you murder so many people and there ain't something up there with the tinker okay something wrong up there Um, Karen said that her father felt like he was in the army and everything. I don't think, I don't think there ain't something wrong with somebody who's in the army who murders a bunch of people. I know it's wartime, so it's not technically murder. I get that. I get, I get there are technicalities and what we call things and where it happens. Shoot somebody in the head during an act of conflict. That's very different. We call it something different than shooting somebody in the head. Um, while you're like at a bar fight, but I think someone who murdered as many people who killed as many people in combat as Sammy did in combat for the mom, something fucking up. Some shit's going on up there. I just do. You can be mad if you want to, please do, but do not at me talking about your daddy was in the military and nothing's wrong with him and he killed 175 people up in their face. I'm not talking about dropping bombs. I'm talking about shooting them like directly. I'm talking about knifing them like combat that they used to have. No, no, none of this pushing buttons. I, I, I'm sorry. Don't at me, guys. Don't at me because I'm not gonna change my mind about it. My father's in the military too. I mean, he never. I mean, he served, but he never. Uh, and he served in active conflict, but he doesn't. He he wasn't like. I, he didn't do shit like that. <laughs> but even though he's absolutely a part of, you know, one of the most things I fucking hate. I hate like you know, we have some issues, you know, a bunch of cops are killing people for no fucking reason. And that woman who just got a settlement because they dragged her out the car and fucking beat her and then had her baby, taking pictures of her baby, talking about this baby was lost in the riots and shit. Shit like that. And then somebody's daughter will show up and be like, my dad's a cop and he's not a bad guy. Girl, this ain't about your daddy. And also, you don't know your daddy. You don't know your daddy as a cop. You know your daddy is a daddy. If he didn't shoot you. Ain't the same thing. Is he? Is he's not committing crimes on the street? You don't. This ain't about you and your daddy. Be quiet. My, time, I come from a long line of fucking military people. I would never come up here and be like, uh, the military industrial complex is bad, but my dad. <laughs> no, he's a part of it. It doesn't matter if he was actually pushing the buttons to shoot things and stuff. Uh, he was doing some tasks that made the rest of that shit go. He's a part of the whole. And so I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna do some argument where it's like, but my dad's different. He's not. He's a part of that. Uh, why am I talking about this? Oh, I'm talking about how I just feel like, you can say that in combat or whatever, but I just feel like when you murder people um, as up close and personal as Sammy the fucking bull did, as many of, I'm sorry, something going on up there um why was i talking about that oh the book okay so but there are no complainants for sammy's case that that sounded off to me but like he didn't go to he didn't get convicted of killing a a specific person i guess that's what that means um, that sounds off to me, but the, the case didn't go through for that. But Karen's talking about how um, this person might do, might, you know, might want to try to do the same thing. And I get it. I understand. And Karen, if that's the case, then that's the case. Karen says she didn't kill anybody. I understand that. And I I guess I tried to look it up and I guess this didn't go through. But, um, you know, all the girls are sitting, the women are sitting there and they're all saying, they're like, yeah, um, Ramona says, I feel bad for, she's like, obviously I feel bad for you, but I feel bad for this victim. I feel, you know, I feel bad for their families. Like, there's no winners here. And I agree. Like, it's 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 a tough position to be in. Like, obviously, Karen, I don't hate you. And I understand why you're writing this book. And I understand those sorts of things. But there, there are people who are victims who are not you. <laughs> and so, and she's like, well, I'm a victim of this mob Like, yeah, but not in the same way as a person who's, father who, even though he was in a life of crime, so you get what you get if you don't get upset, um, whose main breadwinner is, was murdered. Like there's, there's, you're not a victim the way she was. And even if you are, you're much you know, further down the scale. And I don't know, I don't wanna play victim Olympics, but I'm just saying that it doesn't take away your father's culpability even if you two are also a victim. And you know, so I guess we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Um, Drita is with Giselle and Giselle calls her girlfriend and I thought it was so fucking cute. <laughs> and I think Drita's very good with Giselle. I love seeing them together. Um, and so she tells Giselle that they're getting a puppy. And then she tells Giselle that her father doesn't want her to get a puppy, that he's not gonna like it. And Giselle goes, "Oh." And then Drita goes, "Don't worry, we're still getting a puppy." <laughs> I was like, "Why the fuck did you even tell her that? Why did you even tell her that her father didn't want to get a puppy?" See, the thing is, I had a smart mouth as a kid. And I absolutely—I mean, not maybe not at four, but definitely at seven—would have said, "Well, why do we care what he thinks? He don't live here. He don't make no rules. He's he in jail." <laughs> so, like, I don't give a fuck what what uh, jail daddy thinks. I don't care. Get me my puppy. <laughs> so, I'm glad she got, they're like trying to talk about the names and Giselle wants to name it Sparkles and, and like, that's a dumb name. We should name it Lady. I'm like, those are both dumb names. Name it Brian. Name it Frank. I love a dog with a person's name. I love a dog named Craig. (laughs) And if not like a regular person's name, name the dog, like a really long stuffy name. Like somebody who works in an office, like Um, I don't know, Admiral McStuffins or something like that. Those are what I like in dog names, okay? Name a dog Sheila. Just Sheila, Sheila, come here. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I, there's no reason for me to talk about Giselle and Drita. I just think Giselle's cute. I think Gita, Drita, I think Drita seems so in love with Giselle and she's so good with her, and it's so separate from when she's doing her talking heads, talking about how she was, she had ankle, she had weight strapped to her ankles, running up the mountains in the snow. <laughs> it honestly sounds like about twenty minutes into like a karate movie. <laughs> but I like this uh, Drita better, and the scene ends with Giselle barking. <laughs> like (laughs) fucking cute fucking cute (laughs) um Carla's hanging out with Renee and telling her that she's not gonna go to the book release party she feels like whenever she's around like Karen and Ramona and stuff everything always leads back to Drita and like she has to sit there and listen while they're like downing Drita Drita's not even fucking there I get it Carla I wouldn't go either um then they're (laughs) Carla's like, well, what you going (laughs) to wear? Renee's like, who gives a fuck what I'm going to wear? Who do you think is in that book? Which is exactly. I'm like, what are we talking about? I'm going to wear something from Old Navy, girl. That's what I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear a maxi dress from Old Navy. Now, let's talk about the gossip. Who's in the book? Um, Carla says she can't be in the book. She didn't grow up with Karen. True. True. The, you know, it's going to be Drita and Lee and we already know they're in the book because we heard her reading parts of the book in I think the last episode. Karen's actually really excited at the book release party that she's getting her makeup done. She's getting lots of PR calls. She looks very young and happy in this moment. And when Ramona shows up to get ready, um, she presents Ramona with a book where she writes her lovely little note, Ramona and Karen are fucking real friends, real ass friends so it's very hard to get on reality tv it's one of the reasons why when giselle not baby giselle green eye monster giselle and uh i want to call her karen because she would be having karen haircuts what's her name robin robin and giselle get together it's a lot of fun i remember the first season where where uh, they find Robin's, well find. It's probably they probably put it there. They get Robin's wedding dress and they have her put it on. And it's all poofy and shit. And then they're in there rolling on the ground laughing about this fucking wedding dress because they're thinking about selling it. And Juan walks by the room and then comes and goes. What are y'all doing? Because remember, they're divorced. They're not even dating. They're not even. I'm sure they have sex, but they're not telling us they have sex. <laughs> it's, it just looks like to your ex-husband, if you just put on your wedding dress for no reason. That is a funny fucking scene. Um, and I think if we got more scenes of Ramona and Karen just hanging out, not, talk, not talking about Ramona's grandfather, uh, and just like being best friends together, I would like it more. I do like their scenes together already, but I would like it even more if they were just like hanging out with their kids. Their kids call each other cousin. I mean, again... Words mean things. But I think that's cute that they're so close that their kids call each other cousin, you know? Um, So, oh, also, Karen's mom and dad, well, Karen's mom sent her flowers, was sent from mommy and daddy, because Karen's daddy don't be sending flowers from prison. So, <laughs> but um, that was cute that they wish they could be there. They are so proud of her. That, that was nice, too. Um uh drita and carla meet up i must like the way they have this set up is juxtaposing the party so it's like they met up on the night of the party now this might not be true they fuck with timelines all the time in these shows but that's the way they've set it up so drita and carla meet up and drita's like already in a bad mood she gives carla the puppy news by saying she's getting another baby i'm like drita stop fucking playing with us okay (laughs) and carla is like her kids are gonna be so fucking mad when they find out drita's kids are getting a puppy and they're not getting a puppy this is gonna cause world war three which is real shit this is what you think like when your girlfriend says, you know, I'm taking my kids to Disney, you're like, fuck, I can't bring my kids around the house for like six months because I ain't taking my kids to Disney. <laughs> They're going to be like, her, she went to Disney. Why?' <laughs> She's like, ah. Um One of the things when I was growing up, my mother would always say if we asked about someone else, she'd be like, you ain't Siamese twins. <laughs> and it took me a long time to... to To realize what she was talking about, Siamese twins is, there are people who, it's a colloquialism for people who are attached to each other, Um, uh, twins that were born attached like at some body part and they call them, I think they call them that because like a very popular kind of an oddity like look at these freaks type of way um, were, they're from Siam or something like that but the only Siamese I knew were the cats in Lady uh, Lady and the Tramp. So when she would say you're not Siamese twins, I always thought she meant we weren't cat twins. Because <laughs> remember that song? We are Siamese if you please. I used to, I thought she was saying we weren't cat twins. Like <laughs> I was maybe like 17 when, like obviously by that point I knew of a place called Siam. Um, but I, I just remember saying Siamese twins and then suddenly something popped in my head. It was like, that is not cat twins, though, says, just so you know. That's not what that is. And I was like, wait, oh, it's not. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. <sighs> um, um, You know, they talk about what a flip-flopper Renee is and how they don't want to go to the block part, the book party, and they also wonder who's in the book. And Carlos says that Drita and Lee are definitely in the book, and Drita's still really mad about this. But you can't control who Karen puts in her book. One, she definitely knew you during the time she's writing about. She's writing about growing up with her father and everything, and like what that was like from her side of the business, side of the business from her side of the story. And I bet you that book is goes heavy on when Sammy gets arrested, and then when he decides to cooperate and, like, what her life was around that. And when that was happening, she was with Lee, okay? So, like, she you're gonna be in the book. Like, you've been mad since season one and she didn't want to be in the book, but you're gonna be in the book because you was there. And there's nothing you can do about that. Big Angie and uh, Renee are having a good time at that fucking party. They look happy. And during some press parts, they asked, um, they asked, like, just... It's not like she's on a red carpet or any carpet or anything. It's like four or five reporters or journalists there, you know, entertainment reporters that are there and they each get to ask her a couple questions and like record her. And one of them says, we know Drita didn't read the first part of the book. So in season one, Karen gives Drita the first chapter of the book and tells her to read it. And Drita never reads it. Also, why would Drita be in the first chapter of the fucking book? The first chapter of a book should start when your ass is little. Uh, you should we should do three chapters of when you when you was born, what your family was like, how your parents met, what's your perception of your family and stuff, what it was like chapter two, what it's like to grow up as um the little the the, the only daughter, the sweet little princess of the mafia. Like what what that was like. You tell big stories about me you you gonna sprinkle in some names. You definitely gonna talk about God, going to parties at his house and stuff, shit like that. And then chapter three. Maybe talk about your rebellious phase, like because you're a teenager at this point, and you start talking about how how you uh, all the things that you was doing, how you was running around, how you and your little mom princess girl power pack were <laughs> running around town and shit, like your sweet sixteen. You're gonna talk about shit like that, and by chapter four, we gonna have to start we gonna start talking about um what how your life changes. Why would you be in chapter one? <laughs> But she didn't grow up in your neighborhood. We heard her reading that. The thing she didn't grow up in your neighborhood, you didn't meet her till you was a late teenager. So, <laughs> but anyway, Drita didn't read the book. They just fought on a rooftop. So, <laughs> so this person is obviously talking about events that happen in this fucking show in season one. She goes, Drita didn't read the book. Uh, do you think she'll read, she didn't read the first chapter. Do you think she'll read the book? And Karen's like, I don't know, but she should read the book. It's a good book. <laughs> Which is exactly what she, her publicist, prepped her (laughs) on I feel like it's another night because Ramona is walking down the New York streets I believe in a fur of some sort you know Ramona do it big actually I want to be clear I love Ramona's name I think Ramona is such like a badass name it's actually the name of uh Jennifer Lopez's character in Hustlers and you know what I do for that woman I risk it all for her to put me inside her fur coat and call me baby. <laughs> and, and Mona, who we've had on the show before, she's a Ramona. I think Ramona Rizzo is a badass name. It's like a superhero name. When you be like, uh, where did Ramona Rizzo go? And then suddenly Rapture Girl shows up. I only said Rapture because it starts with an R. I'm not trying to do a religious thing here. But <laughs> Ramona Rizzo. Ramona Rizzo undercover. Like I just, it sounds like it's a badass name. Anyway, she looked good. She's walking down the street on I don't know where, but it looks like a busy. I, uh, Ramona saying she lives in the city, so she doesn't live in Staten Island anymore. But so I'm assuming she's somewhere in Manhattan. I couldn't tell you. I didn't, I never hung out in Manhattan like that. That's not my spot. So, <laughs> um, but she's calling. It, the, so what I'm saying is the reason I think it's another night is because Ramona was at the fucking party. Why was Ramona walking down the street? So, Ramona is calling Big Ange. Big Ange. Big Ange is working. Big Ange's in the bar. She runs outside. I'm like, damn, Big Ange should really be working in that fucking bar. Damn. Big Ange is 50. I cannot be 50 behind a bar. I couldn't be my age behind a bar. I stopped working behind a bar in like 2007. I could not fucking do it. But she's doing it. So, she's outside, and Ramona's like, yeah, some shit went down. And Big Ange has her mouth open. She's like, huh? <laughs> She looks like, she gives me Tina vibes from uh, Bob's purse. Huh? And the way her mouth is, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reaching, but that's, I was like, that's absolutely some shit Tina would do? She's just standing on the street on the phone, huh? Anyway, uh, Ramona's basically like, did you hear about something and what, whatever's going on and Big Angel's like, no. And she tells her that the feds made another big bust. She's like, you know, all these people, I, it's gonna be some people close to you. You're gonna, and I'm like, okay, well, who is it, Ramona? Tell her names. If her, if somebody got her mama, tell her. Like, don't, don't be like, some people close to you must have got popped. Just so you know, I don't know any names, but just uh, text everybody, see who texts you back. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ramona? Um, then we see Ramona and Karen sitting down to eat, and none of them can get in touch with Renee. All right, they've been calling Renee, and Ray's not calling back renee's best friend's husband got arrested and ramona's reading this news like off her blackberry which brought me back to a fucking time i used to love my blackberry i used to love it love 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 and this is back when i was doing like a ton of content writing and i'd have to write like i'd have to like spin like 50 articles on how to get the lint out the ball of your uh <laughs> of your blackberry remember once they got that little ball and shit I have to do like so many fucking articles reading, cause you know, whatever. But uh, she's basically saying that they believe that Junior, like it wasn't just her father, it was a bunch of people that got, you know, pulled in this shit. And Renee is like, I mean, Car- Karen's like, yeah, that makes sense. When people cooperate, it's not just against one, it's usually like against a situation and it brings in lots of people. Um, they're saying that remote that renee will have to like she's not talking to anybody right now but she's gonna have to face these people at the court hearings what fucking court hearings why would renee go to a court hearings one like her best friend's husband's court hearing what the fuck are you doing there and your husband informed on him her dad you're you are already estranged from your dad i don't know if, i don't know the situation if remote if renee is restra- estranged from the rest of the family i don't know but, and she certainly can't be talking about junior's court here. Junior can't go to, Brittany can't go to junior's court hearings, for what? Junior's done. We're not doing that anymore. I don't know. I. That's where the show ends this week. Um, next week, I guess that this is when we're going to talk about Big Angie's cousin or uncle or somebody getting taken in. Based on Junior stuff and how she feels away about that, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed today. I had a good time. Listen, my kid's not crying anymore, he must have fallen asleep, probably angry at me that I will not let him do the things he wants to do. You know, well, this is the kid I call Jan Brady, which is Kara's favorite kid. Kara does know any of my kids except for this. The one time I was texting my, I thought I was texting my mom. I texted her a bunch of pictures of my children, <laughs> but she likes the Jam Brady one. She's seen pictures of him, um, and I call him Jam Brady because he. I don't think he gets left out. He is the fourth child, okay, and he gets lumped in with his brother Bear Bear. It's Monkey I'm talking about. He gets lumped in with Bear Bear. He's five. He's about to be six in October, and his brother's four. And then they're they're paired together a lot, but. I call him Jam Brady because he thinks he's Jam Brady. He will always be like, well, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you alone? Well, who are you gonna hug first? Because I haven't been hugged first yet. I'm like, "I, the it's about 30 seconds between the hugs. It doesn't matter who gets hugged first. If you never hug me first, that's him. He's the one that's been le- that got that left into school that time. I was like, oh great. Can't wait to hear about this in his memoir. But recently, <laughs> no, I was going to say you could probably see a picture of him on my Instagram where I called him Jam Brady, but no, I think it was an Insta story. Um, follow me anyway, okay then princess on Instagram and Twitter and follow me at Bob pumpkin podcast on um, Instagram. But <laughs> we're just talking because I do try to make it a point to talk to all of my children every day. Like I get like when they get back from school i let them tell me everything about what happened in school it's all boring it doesn't matter i listen I, on the weekends like I, I make sure to play with each one of them separately like if i'm giving them the little ones baths i give them a time. like uh monkey will always be like can i talk to you I'm like yeah we're talking right now you're naked in a bathtub and i'm washing you it's a good time to say anything and then he'll be like I like your hair. And I'll be like, okay, you didn't need to be, you didn't, need, you didn't make it, need to make it sound like we had to have a serious talk for you to tell me about my hair. And then he'll be like, well, do you like my hair? I was like, yeah, I like your hair. I paid for the haircut. Okay, well, I, I, I like that you like my hair. <laughs> like, that's of... Anyway, so we're by ourselves. And he goes, mommy. He, no, what was going on is he was in his room by himself. He's one of the few kids that'll go in his room by himself. So I sometimes go in there with him. I'll just play with him for a little bit. So he looks at me and he goes, mommy. I don't want to be called Monkey anymore. I was like, okay, fine. No, I won't call you Monkey. I'll leave it at that. And he goes, I want to be called Baby Wolfie Curtis. And I was like, what? He's like, that's my new name, Baby Wolfie Curtis. And I just bust out laughing because I was like, this is like a time when... I grew up watching reruns of Jan of, uh, of Brady Bunch. And then also I grew up on I Love the 70s. So... So I know a lot about the fucking Brady Bunch. But remember that time Jan got that black ass fucking wig and put it on top of her hair? It was like I'm a new person. That's what it felt like. He was like I'm about to get this cool nickname. I'm about to be a new person. I'll show them. <laughs> Please stop crying. So maybe he's less mad at me. I'll check on him in a little bit. As for you guys, I will see you in a week if you are a listener of this podcast and if you listen to the Patreon bonus episodes. I'll see you in a few days, okay? (laughs) Later.